Today we're going to finish, by God's grace, the worship experience. Do you see the culture that preaching and teaching creates? You saw that today, right? It just creates culture. Now here's the goal. Once culture is created, we have to remember it and we have to maintain it. So now consistency establishes culture and lets culture become a stronghold. And there are positive strongholds in the Word of God. Worship is a positive stronghold. It really is. It brings down high places. And so let's be a ministry of worship. And I'm going to say this to you. There's a lot of things on the peripherals of life that would distract you. Leave those things for now. We're not in a season where we're going to pay attention to any of the peripherals. This is a season for focus. And God wants you to have 2020 vision concerning where he is going and what he is doing. Let's finish today. This is a very significant part of this series. I'm going to talk about the principled worshiper. Because over here you have someone that worships really hard, but doesn't see the results that they should see from worship. And then you have somebody over here who doesn't worship, and yet they get earthly results. We're going to talk about why that is and how we can bridge the gap. Every single point, I think it's memorable for you to note. If you want to write, document, please feel free to do that. The principled worshiper or principled worship. Here's what we're going to do. Psalm 138. It's one of the most powerful psalms because it actually tells you that God has priorities in the spirit. And God's greatest priority, believe it or not, is the exaltation of his word. It means he stands by his word. He will never go back on his word. That's why in Isaiah 55, the writer teaches us that no word that God releases ever comes back to him void, but it must accomplish. Listen to what the writer says. I will praise you with all of my heart. I'll do that before all the gods. He recognizes that there are false gods and other things being worshipped, but I'm going to do that before them, and I'm going to sing God's praises unto him. Here is the verse number two. He says, I will worship toward thy holy temple, I will praise thy name because of thy loving kindness. That's chesed. That's God's covenant faithfulness and for thy truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. See how high the word of God is? Because when you talk about the names of God, whether they're Old Testament names or the culmination in the name of Jesus, there's no higher name. God has given him a name that's above every name. But he places his word above above everything else. What matters to God is his word and then the practice of his word in my life. So let's look at how this is going to work. Let's begin here. Let's look at principle, the principle of worship. This is something you have to understand because sometimes we're using worship for what it can do, but not really what it's completely designed to do. Worship in its truest sense is not designed to give you something. In its truest sense, it can open doors, but worship is actually designed to bring you to someone. Please hear me when I say that. So the focus of worship is relationship, not things. So you don't worship God because you're in trouble now, you need help. No, you worship because worship is going to bring you to him. So the principle of worship goes like this. Ready? Worship is relational. I'm going to show you two sides of the same coin. 
Worship is relationship. It presupposes that I worship because I desire or I have a relationship with God. One or the two. I want to know him. I thirst for him. As the deer panteth, so panteth my soul. Or I know him. I have a relationship with him. And deep is calling unto deep. So worship at its apex is relational. This is what the Hebrews would say on a daily basis. It's called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Shema, Israel, Adonai, Elohenu, Adonai, Echad. They would say that every morning, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And watch this. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, strength. Worship is relational. It's critically important that we embrace that. I don't worship God because I need money. That's not the purpose of worship. I don't worship God because I'm looking for a partner, a husband, or a wife. I worship God because I want to relate to him. Let me show you how you can get the other stuff in a minute. So don't worry. God has not forgotten your needs. Let's put things in priority. Now let's go one step further. Worship yields to us. This is what it's designed to do. It yields to us relational results. So when you worship God, look for relational results. In other words, worship should draw you closer to him. That's a relational result. Worship should open your ears that you can hear him a little clearer. Worship should cause you to feel him, if you will, in your body. These are relational results. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for relational results or the fruits of relationship coming out of worship. The more I worship him, the closer I get to him. Are you with me? That's why, that's why it's very important as a believer, if you claim to have a relationship with God, it comes through here. So Paul would say it like this, oh, that I might know him. That's the word I want you to focus on. That's the word ginosko in the Greek, yada in the Hebrew. That's the word of intimacy. So that's what I want to be intimate with him. It's not intellect. Though he doesn't bypass my intellect, it's heart. He wants my heart, not my head. He wants my heart. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any man would open, I would come in and I would do what? Sup with him. That's communion. So he wants relationship and your spirit desires relationship as well. So this is the, the critical component. Now, let's go a little further. But when you have relationship with God, what it's going to reveal now are principles. The closer you get to God, there's this idea that God has secrets or principles that he reveals to those who are in his inner circle. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. Notice I told you two sides of one coin. God doesn't want you to worship him and be broke. Because then, listen carefully, something is wrong with the relationship, isn't there? He doesn't want you worshiping him and the whole, everything's falling apart. He doesn't want that. He wants you closer to him so that as you are close to him, he then begins to whisper in your ears, these are the secrets that I have for you or the principles. Listen to what Isaiah says. You're going to like this scripture. Come near unto me. That's the Lord. Hear you this. 
Have I not spoken in secret from the beginning, from the time that it was? And there am I. And now the Lord God and his spirit hath sent me. Here's the verse. Ready? Verse 17. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord and I teach you to profit. Do you see how that works? You come close to me and I'm going to teach you how to profit. I'm going to lead you by the way that you should go. That's why it's important to be close to him. So I'm I'm really thinking this through. If I'm close to him and it's genuine, every day he's teaching me secrets of how to prosper, of how to profit. He's actually revealing or watch downloading in me principles that if I practice them, you know, like the blessed man, whatsoever I do, it shall prosper. That's why he wants me to worship him. That's why he wants me to draw close to him. Now, let's go just a step further into this now. Let me show you the principle of word. I'm doing well. If I'm going fast, it's because I'm trying to abide by the time clock. The principle of word. Three things here. When we talk about principles, principles are God's ruling laws. That's what God's word is. God's word is filled with principles. The earth belongs to God. The heavens declare his glory. The earth showeth his handiwork. There are principles laced in all of creation. They're laced in his word. When you go to the Bible, God is actually trying to get you to principles. In fact, God will use practices to teach principles. We're going to show you some of that in a few weeks when God says, don't eat this, don't eat that. That's, he's not really focused on what you eat. The principle is he's concerned on what you consume. So he teaches you things through practices, but really wants you to get to the principle because that's what he wants you to know. It's the principle that yields the results. So that's why he says in Psalm 138, I have magnified my word. He could have said, I've magnified my principles above all my name. Could have said that. Let's go a little further. Principles, once you understand them, they're generally practical. There are things that you can put into practice. The principle of time, I need to be on time. The principle of truth, I need to be honest with my words, my intentions. So they're very practical. They're things that you can do because God does not want you to live your life in an ethereal sense. So he doesn't want you walking around saying, I hope things will change. He says, well, you can do that. But now if you do certain things, they will change. I hope that this will come together. Well, you can do that for a season, but if you put certain things into practice, this will come into fruition for a season. And whatsoever he doeth, it shall prosper. So watch this. I, I was at a wedding uh, on, on uh, Friday, and uh, uh, th- there were some people taking pictures, and one of the gentlemen said, he said to me, he said, you're the reason why I came back to the church. And I said to him, I'm not the reason, God is the reason, but I thank you for that. He said, no, here's what I mean. He says, you make it understandable for me. Listen to this. As I was leaving, another gentleman was talking to his friend, and he said, this is the pastor. He said, you're the pastor. My wife goes to the church. She always talks about the ministry. And the guy says, you need to come, because he makes the word of God understandable. And I thought about that. Listen to what I thought about. I said, wait a minute. If people are coming to ministries that they don't understand, 
how then can they practice what they don't understand? So if, if they worship hard, but they still don't understand, they get no results. And that, that's what creates frustration. So listen carefully, watch. The principles are generally practical, and principles yield practical results. Results are things that you can see. Faith takes you there, but after a while, results show you the end of faith. That's why faith is never absent from what other aspect? Works. And so you put works with faith and you get practical results. I hate to keep harping on this scripture, but it stands out clearly. Psalm 1-3. That blessed man that meditates on the word of God and he talks about it, this and that. He becomes stable. That's the planting. He brings forth fruit. That's results. And whatever he does, sorry, his leaf shall not wither. That's sustainability. And whatever he does, it prospers. Say that's me. No, say it everyone. Say that's me. No, say it. Say that's me. That's me. Because that's what I, I want that to be me. Because what I've discovered about praise is praise is actually, it's, it's going to cause me to prosper eternally. Principles cause me to practice or prosper in an earthly sense. And God wants to balance both eternity and earth. I want to tell you something. When earth makes sense, heaven is worth waiting for. <laughs> Let me repeat that again. Just so when earth makes sense, heaven is worth waiting for. When earth doesn't make sense, heaven, <laughs> I want to go quickly. And God has time allotments. He wants you. Would you believe this? He wants you to enjoy the journey through earth to eternity. So let's keep going. We're doing great, I think. Say, Pastor, you're doing great? Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Let's look at the principled worshiper now. Remember, God has principles in his word. I praise him. I draw near to him. I become this, a principled worshiper. Watch. Here's something I've discovered over my years. Principled worshipers mix worship and principles and they gain maximum results. You got to take the principles, what we're going to talk about today, and many others, and mix them with your worship. You'll get results. If you mix them together, they become very potent in your life. That's what we're going to do as a ministry. So watch. Uh, did I mix something here? Yes, that's good. Here's some principles. Ready? Watch. If you take truth and you mix it with worship, that means if you commit to being a person of truth, speak truth. Speak truth. Doesn't matter how difficult it is, speak truth. And you add that to your worship, all of a sudden, everything becomes clear. Nothing becomes fuzzy. It only becomes fuzzy when you worship and don't speak truth. It becomes a fog. <laughs> So that's one of the commitments, and that's why God, watch, when he talks to us about worship, guess what he says? I am a spirit, and those that worship me must worship me. Don't say what's not true and lift your hands. But you're confusing yourself. You're causing a fog, a haze. 
Work at it, Christians. Work at it, Orem. Work at it, John. Work at it. When you can't say truth, say nothing until you can speak truth because it's going to obfuscate your worship. Truth is a principle. Say it the way it is or say nothing. Are you still with me? You're not angry at me, are you? Well, here's why I tell you that. Because I've met a lot of Christians that don't speak truth, but worship and wonder why there's no progress and why things are cloudy in my life. Speak truth. The body of Christ needs a truth injection. It does, brothers and sisters, from pulpits to pews, meekle onwards, we need a truth serum. Ready? The principle of love. Add love and then worship. In other words, love people, then worship God. Work at it, I'm working at it. When people abuse you, love them, then worship God. When they talk about you, love them and worship God. What it creates in your worship is harmony not noise. When you add hate and worship, it creates noise. That's why things are clanging when you worship. And God says, no, if you love people, as difficult as that may be, when you worship, you'll find harmony. Let's listen at this and tell me if I'm not right. Listen to what Paul says. He says, though I speak and I'm very charismatic and though I can do and all that, if I don't have that word, charity there means love. He says, I'm becoming a sounding brass, tinkling cymbal. Add love to your worship and work at it. I'm speaking to myself, so I'm not preaching on you. I'm talking to us. Add truth to your worship. Clear. Add love to your worship, harmony. Here's another principle. Add excellence to your worship. In other words, be a person of excellence before you worship. And all of a sudden you will see that God will give you symmetry in life. And there'll be no shame. This is very important because we worship an excellent God. Then it takes excellence to worship him. Strive to be the very best you can in whatever you're doing. Then go to worship God. Then this psalm will come alive. Oh Lord, our God, how excellent is thy name on the earth. What do I mean by symmetry? Whatever is in heaven, God will give that to you in your life in earth. I have a series I'm starting next week because everything I'm doing without apology is, can I say this? Restoring the culture of what I believe God has called this ministry to be. And at times you've got to restore it in the midst of trauma, all the kind of stuff. Say, God, this is what you called it to be. This is what it's going to be. Come hell, high water. Be a person of excellence. Then when you lift your hands, angels will join you. It's made us a little lower than the angels, but he crowned us with glory and with honor. Add faith. This is belief. Believe what God has spoken, what he's told you, what you've read in the Bible. Then go to worship and you will see that confidence and not fear would accompany your life. If you say, I believe. Even when I don't, I don't see it working, I believe. And so I'm going to enter into worship with faith. Say, God, it hasn't happened yet, but I still believe for it. So now there's a confidence that comes when I worship. Because I believe that what God has spoken, he's going to do. 
Oh my, I put no calendar on God. I just believe. I got a scripture for you. I'm going to really race now. And in this scripture, you're going to see you often watch. They rose in the morning, went out to Tekoa. They were going to fight a battle. And Jehoshaphat said, he said, believe in the Lord your God and believe his prophets. If you believe in him, he'll establish you. If you believe the word that comes out of the men and women of God and the scriptures, he's going to prosper you. Don't worship a God that you don't believe in. Watch, watch, watch. Ready? Watch. Worship requires words, right? I believe, therefore have I spoken. So when my worship comes out, I believe God. And do not let your situations tell you that you don't believe God. Watch. Tell your situations that you believe God. All of a sudden, confidence begins to rise in the believer. And my confidence, I'm not supposed to cast it away because it has a great recompense of reward i feel the holy ghost there i felt him on that one then this one add some action to your worship don't sit there and do nothing and say it's going to happen get up and do something put your hands to a plow and do something an idea that's in my mind i'm going to put it into practice a song that i was supposed to write i'm going to write the song a book that's tittering in my spirit. I'm going to write the book. A job that God's directing me. I'm going to head in that direction. All of a sudden, I'm eliminating frustration. I'm posturing myself for the possibility of fruits. So now I'm an active worshiper. I'm a doer and not just a hearer of the word. I can get some results. I'm going back there again. It's that same old scripture. And whatever I do, it's going to prosper. I, I don't have any more time, but if, if, I, if I added timeliness to that, if you add timeliness to your worship, you get the results of discipline. If you add watch, if you add commitment to your worship, do you know what you get? You actually get the results of dependability. Your value goes up and it goes on and on and on. If you add principles to your worship, you get some serious results and your value continues to rise and rise. And I close by telling you these. Here are some things that we can expect. They're outcomes. We can expect them. Because we're not just praising God. I'm going to go quickly. Three keys, brothers and sisters. Do not substitute praise for principles. Remember I told you last week about the people that said, Pastor, we're coming after worship to get the word. That's a mistake. Don't take one over the other. Don't say, I just want the word. I've met people on my journey. Watch, this is not an indictment on anyone, but I've met people on my journey that want to debate about the scriptures that don't worship. You're choosing one side of the coin. Don't choose one side of the coin. Watch. Number two, don't choose principles and say, they'll substitute for praise. Again, I met people very successful in the world, climbing the corporate ladder. I watch them in ministry from the pulpit. They won't even lift their hands. So they follow principles, but they won't praise. There are people that praise that won't follow principles. In my thinking, I believe that unbelievers generally are more principle-centered than believers. Believers are more praiseworthy than unbelievers. 
And each group is on one side of the coin, not putting the coin together. So when God looks at us, he sees someone that's principled and someone that's praising him. And that's the person that God wants to see in the earth. I'm telling you, that's the CEO that comes from the Royal Bank following all these great principles. I'm not talking about morality. That's on another conversation. He comes from the Royal Bank. He's followed all these great principles and he's led great organizations. And he comes into the house of God and he lifts his hands because he doesn't divorce his praise from his principles. That's the school teacher that comes following all these disciplines and she comes into the house of God and she lifts her hands. That's what God wants for you. Don't substitute. Praise with principles gives us the, the outcomes we want. Especially when you're climbing. Can I say this? When you're climbing the corporate ladder in corporate Canada, don't become a dry, sterile Christian now. Watch. Because what can happen sometimes, I've seen this. They then look at the person praising and say, that's beneath me because of what I'm... No. Go back to your scriptures. David was the king. Couldn't get any higher. But as king... He was Israel's greatest praiser. Stand with me, everyone. I will show you the outcomes as you're standing. I just need our ministry to go back and be more principled in every sense of the word. Truth. Slip your hand up. Yes. Slip your hand up. I really want this. I want to be a person of truth. I, I don't even want to be misunderstood in an email. I want everything that comes out of my mouth to be true. I want to work at loving people. Even if I would be silent, I want to work at loving. I don't want to have aught with no one. Nothing in my heart towards any person. Because all of that's going to model my worship. I want to make sure that I believe God. See, when I lift my hands, listen to what Paul says, without wrath or doubting, lifting holy hands. Come, Jen. Go online, everyone. Keep your hands up and you can read the outcomes. I, I don't want to give them to you. But things like healings and breakthroughs and blessings and strength and prosperity will come upon this house. Val, come here for a second. Just run right here. Lift your hands, everyone. I want to show you something. Come up on the altar. I want to, Charles, come up on the altar. I want to show you, I want you to see something. What you're seeing now is the dawn of God taking us out of the valley and putting us where we belong. I want you to look out and I'm going to prophesy now. Within quick time every seed in this place will be full in the name of Jesus I feel God I hear God because of what we've committed to glory lift your hands everyone God is coming for us he's coming to do wonders hallelujah this ministry will languish no more in dry places he's making ways in the wilderness 
rivers in the desert. Oh my God, someone give God a praise. I need to invite somebody back to the house. I need to invite somebody back home. I need to invite somebody back home. There's bread enough to spare back home. Everyone is coming home in the name of Jesus. Restoration is here. Revival is percolating. The glory of God is coming. Would you shout a praise in the atmosphere? Hallelujah!